Welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Acts chapter 15. It reads, But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. So, being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, and brought great joy to all the brothers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, It's necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. And all the assembly fell silent, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they finished speaking, James replied, Brothers, listen to me. Simeon has related how God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, After this I will return, and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will restore it, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old. Therefore my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write them to abstain from all the things polluted by idols, and from sexual immorality, and from what has been strangled, and from blood. For from ancient generations Moses has had in every city those who proclaim him, for he is ready every Sabbath in the synagogues. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them to send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas called Barsabbas and Silas, leading men among the brothers with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. Greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions, it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols, and from blood, and from what has been strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch, and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. And after they had spent some time, they were sent off in peace by the brothers to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord, and many others also. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord, and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with him John, called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. 
And there arose a sharp disagreement, so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. For our nugget of truth from this passage, we're going to focus in on a pivotal verse here at the Jerusalem Council, that being verse 11. But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. This is the heart of what is at the debate here in this council. So the leaders of the church have gathered from all around the known world to come here to focus on answering this specific question. What does somebody have to do to be saved? What is it that is needed for salvation? Obviously, since most of these individuals who were believers and who were part of the early church at this time had grown out of the Old Testament Jewish belief system, they were continuing to practice many of those things. They were seeing that as a new revelation of what God had asked them to do to continue to progress what they had been doing previously. But now as we have these people coming in from the outside, these people have not been practicing those things. So do they have to go back and do the things that the people had been required to do previously under the law of Moses? And as we walk through this, this is really something that was earth-shattering and a monumental point for the individuals at this time. It was not something that they could just easily just dismiss and say doesn't need to be worried about because they had to understand what a decision would mean for all of the people. Are they going to make all of these individuals do what the Old Testament had been asking them to do? Or is there freedom under Christ? And what does that freedom mean? A really important point that Peter makes in this sermon is, are you going to put God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? He reminds them, hey, nobody could fulfill what the law of Moses was. So why are we going to ask these people to do that in the future? But it was a very heated discussion in terms of what needed to take place. If these people wanted to be God's people, did they need to live as the Old Testament God's people lived? But they decide that that's not necessarily the case. They don't need to transform themselves into the Old Testament people of God, but they do give these specific regulations that they are going to ask of these Gentiles, which amounts to them distancing themselves from the pagan worship of their time by not doing things with certain types of meat or not participating in sexual immorality or other things that were a part of the natural worship of other pagan gods that were taking place in the time. We saw a little bit of that taking place in previous chapters as Paul was there working with the people who were Gentiles who were coming to an understanding of what it looked like to worship God adding that to the pagan practices they had. So they say, hey, let's just make sure that we tell them that that is not a part of what worship of God is, and then allow them to understand that they are being saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as all people are. And so that's a pinnacle moment for the church, and it's a pinnacle moment for us to understand the importance of not placing other items in the way of salvation, or not saying that there have to be prerequisites for salvation, but understanding that salvation is by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's through the faith of the individual that they place that in them. And so may we never put anything in between those processes as we attempt to evangelize others and share the gospel with them, to allow them to experience the freedom, the joy, and the new life that comes through the transformation of the gospel that takes place in an individual's life. As far as a question from this text, one common question that comes up is, hey, why did John, who's called Mark, leave Barnabas and Paul 
when we look at the other texts that speak to this, there's actually never a reason given for why he left. We can look back to Acts 13.13, 13, where it simply says that he left and returned to Jerusalem. But there's something about him leaving the circumstances that causes this disagreement that takes place. But it's important that we understand a couple of things about this. First, since the scriptures are silent on this, we are actually not at a place that we know with total understanding what's taking place. We can look at the other passages. We don't see anything that explains what's going on. We also don't have any extra information given to us by the extra biblical accounts from that time. We also understand that there's reconciliation that takes place in this situation. We can look at places like 2 Timothy 4.11, where it talks about bringing Mark to Paul because he is very useful to him, as well as Colossians 4, where it talks about Mark in that context being the one that they've received instructions about the importance of welcoming him, as well as the fact that he is one of the men of the circumcision or the Jewish people who are comforting and working together with Paul. So whatever that disagreement was, it was not a disagreement that ended the ministry between these individuals as they were eventually able to reconcile it. But whatever that specific reason is, it's lost for us and we do not know exactly what took place, only that for a time they needed to separate and that actually caused the gospel to be spread through two different teams that were being able to take it to different places at the same time. And so that could have just been a big part of God's plan for fulfilling the promise and fulfilling the calling that he had given the individuals in Acts chapter 1-8. But what's the question that sticks out to you as you read through this passage? What is it that you seek to understand in a better sense? Hopefully you can combine the use of the tools that you have as well as the other people who you're walking with in community and who you're studying God's word with to help you to understand more clearly what God's word is revealing to you so that you're growing in your grace and growing in your understanding of the knowledge of God so that you're living your life in response to the way in which God has manifest himself to you. We pray that as you do that, you know that you are loved. Yeah.